Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow till I find What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? The last time that you got to see the both of us, we were giving our predictions for the night of the Immortals WrestleMania. Now here is my co-host, Rise and Revolts, Rev. What's up, guys? It's good to be here again. Um, very interesting week, which we'll dive into on this episode. Um, but I'm just happy to be here with you guys, um, bringing you guys all the news, all the scoops, um, opinions, all those things. Just happy to be here, guys. So before we begin, you guys can follow our Patreon at fclossheroes.com. We have one tier. It is a dollar. You are going to be getting a lot more content on there. Uh, CHW premiered today well today's friday um that we are recording this chw has premiered it will be free on youtube five days later but if you want to see chw if you want to see the guys in action i recommend just going on to patreon paying that dollar that helps us out you can find rev on twitch at rise and revolt you can find me on kick at swoltaku you got one of one FCH on Twitter. You got Rise and Revolt on Twitter. You can find us on Spotify. That is where we are booming a lot more, you know, because I don't really care about Apple Music. Spotify is a lot more content creator friendly. And you can find us on YouTube at F Class Heroes. So this weekend was huge. Not talking about just Mania Week, but also the showcase of the Immortals. This is where your career starts. You don't have to go over to get over, but a lot of careers have gone over because they went over. Now, night one showcased amazing matches. There was nothing I could complain about night one from how hilarious it was to see logan paul and ksi collide through an announce table to see that cinnamon toast crunch probably sponsored the most other than the usos versus kevin owens and Sami Zayn. the most emotional match was hosted by uh cinnamon toast crunch um we got to sit down. We all grew, were having just a giant, you know, watch party kind of in our Discord, which will be down in the links below with the Willow link so you can find everything, um, which we still have kept going on through the week. But night one was an amazing night for me. I could probably say that for you, Rev, for DJ, for our new buddies that have just joined the Discord. We had so much fun. I have nothing to complain about. Um, how do you feel about night one, man? Um, night one was amazing, um, top to bottom. Um, sure, some of the things didn't come out the way we predicted, but um, it was really entertaining. Match quality was really good. Um, I was engaged the entire show. I wasn't left thinking, oh, man, like I just want this segment to be over. Um, I enjoyed all of it. And I, you know, 
I guess I learned that Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the official cereal of domestic violence. <laughs> but... <laughs> Family disputes are Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. You're fighting with your parents. It's okay. Have a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's all good. Yeah, that's how it yeah. works. Your dad, you know, beat you with a shovel and, you know, have some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It makes it all better. <laughs> if your sister almost sh- shoot, fought you, yeah. Uh, cinnamon, cinnamon Toast, toast crunch, crunch will make that all better. Yeah. Yep, yep, that's how it yeah. works. Um, You know, if they don't have, like, the end of this feud, like when they make up eventually sitting at a table having bowls of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I'm going to be very disappointed. It was just a moment wasted. Like yeah, I feel moment. like I feel like because of this now, like when they make up down the line, it just needs to be like it cuts to their kitchen and they're both sitting at the table eating the cinnamon toast crunch. I feel like that's how it has to end now. Like it has to end that way. I agree. Um, I teared up a little bit. Actually, that's a lie. I teared up a lot when um like when you got to see Ray come out with Snoop Dogg in his lowrider, and Ray was uh, showcasing Latino uh, Latino heat is the best way to say it. It got me emotional. It got me excited. It got me happy. Morgan got to witness that, and uh, she just sat there smiling as I was a child again. I would probably say, I would say hands down the best match of the night would have to be ray versus dominic that's just my biased opinion my unbiased opinion is going to be Sami Zayn versus kevin owens um just because the story needed it it actually stuck to the story um and i i enjoyed it i love seeing their gear but night one overall um i there was no problems with it not at all. We got to see yeah. Pat McAfee. You called yeah. it. You called, I called Pat it. McAfee. I called you it, man. Just wrong um, person against Pat yeah. McAfee. The thing about night one, um, I think that entire match between Ray and Dom was a really neat tribute to Eddie Guerrero from Ray's entrance, um, Dom's gear fusing Eddie Guerrero and Ray Mysterio together kind of with the wings and tribals and all that that Eddie had on his tights. Um, I, I think that match was a really touching tribute to Eddie. Um, it was really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think my best match of the night, um, if I had a pick would be Rhea versus Charlotte because they had a really physical banger of a match. Like that was they, a shoot. There, there that, ain't no way. That, that was a shoot. That was probably the, I think the best performed women's match at WrestleMania. Um, Even if there were elements that might've been a shoot, I think it was much, much better than Bianca and Oscar by a lot um and there was some neat callbacks in that that match that were really cool um and then of course you can't discount ko and sammy versus the usos that match was amazing Uh, i had me on the edge of my seat several times uh because there was some really big near falls that kept happening and you just uh they made it in a way that was unpredictable where you didn't know if sammy and ko were going to pull it off where there, there were times where it looked like that the Usos were going to retain. 
And uh, yeah, so night one all together, though, was really great. Um, I don't think there was a bad match on night one. I think there, um, everything was good top to bottom. Production was really good. The segments were really good. Um, just really entertaining show. Even you had, uh, you know, guys in the uh, celebrities that aren't wrestling fans that enjoyed it, like Joe Rogan. And everybody that knows Joe Rogan knows he does not like professional wrestling. Yeah, he does not. But he he mentioned that he did watch night one and he enjoyed it. And that's saying something that you have a guy that's so against pro wrestling enjoy that content. So that alone speaks for itself. Night one was was fantastic. I loved Kale and Sammy's gear. The PWE uh, gear. And Super Dragon Mask. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Adam Cole tweeted about it. The Young Bucks tweeted about it. Um, I love the fact that Cody didn't get to be the only superstar that paid homage to how he got here. And I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So we are going to go into night two. Now, night two, and I'm very sorry. So during the actual, like, group chat, I kept posting after almost every match, night two is cursed, night two is cursed, night two is cursed. And it got to the point where everybody was ignoring me, and I knew it. But I kept trying to be like, something is wrong. The vibe is wrong. Before the show started, it felt like a weird day, just in general. And then when I finally got to where I I had my TV ready for WrestleMania, I was like, this this doesn't feel as hyped as night one. Something's off. And we got the rumors that Endeavor was going to buy the WWE, the parent company of the UFC. And the first match of the night was Brock versus Omas. And that wasn't good. It wasn't. And then from there, it it just went all downhill. There, there were amazing entrances, amazing moments. But in my opinion, nothing could save pro wrestling fans. How did you think of night two? Um, I definitely felt something. I mean, talking back, something was definitely off. Um, I mean, I don't think I realized it in the moment. But as the night began to unfold, it started to like really set in like something's something's wrong, like something is not right. Um, These swerves that they did have basically made no sense. Um, and they weren't impactful at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like Snoop Dogg as much as the next. Yeah. And I give him all the props for carrying a segment that didn't end the way it was supposed to. But Shane McMahon, like, I think that's the moment where things clicked for me. Like, I couldn't put my finger on what was going on, but I think I knew the minute Shane McMahon came out, I knew what had happened. Yeah. I knew that Vince was, was back at yeah. that moment. Yeah. Um, I knew there was something off, especially because some of the matches just weren't gelling well. And it almost seemed like some of the talent just wasn't feeling it anymore. 
Um, Bianca and Oscar felt really awesome. I was gonna, I was about to say that one. I was about um, almost, to say that one. It almost seemed like, like Bianca didn't just... want to do it. Well, I I did some research and I found out that Oscar was originally supposed to win that match. Yeah, that was Oscar's win. But the little contortionist girl that performed in her entrance, um, her mother passed away that morning. And the, the child decided that she wanted to go along and, and do the entrance because she didn't know if she'd get a chance again. Yeah. And it was rewritten because they didn't want Bianca losing to add to that little girl's day, basically. And so... But you could tell that something had happened because their chemistry was not was right. off. And it just felt like they were just not into it. And um, that's that goes for a lot of the matches that night. Like, there's just some weird stuff going on. Um, add the fact that, you know, Ronda Rousey wins after doing zero in the match. Nothing. Ronda Rousey did only offense was putting an arm bar at the end of the match. Yeah. That was her only move. And a finish like that was very reminiscent of a Vince McMahon finish. And yeah, I, I knew something was off and I was just watching and I was trying to get into it and I couldn't. I was just like, man, like this isn't good. Like what's going on? And then Shane came out and then I was like, oh no. Are you freaking kidding me? And then, I mean, apparently it was the plan all along that it came out that that was a plan all along that Cody wasn't supposed to beat Roman. Um, but, like, it's still really hard to think that. Like, it's really hard to believe that, even if that's the truth and that's the case. Like, this has got, like, Vince McMahon fingerprints all over it. Like, Vin Roman, it's no secret that Roman is Vince's boy. Yes. That's his 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 prized number one guy. And the fact that they're putting the title and keeping the title on him. Um, I think if you know it was Triple H, the thousand days isn't that important. But for Vince it is. Because that's his his you know passion project or whatever and that's not to say roman hasn't performed his ass off you know the guy deserves credit he's he's given a lot but at what cost like it was the moment sammy Zayn's moment in montreal was robbed because they were saving it for cody now cody's moment is robbed why you just killed sammy Zayn's moment now you've killed Cody's moment. And yeah, you're going to have Cody win down the line. Okay, but again, I'm going to say it again. Like, if it's not at Mania, does it have as much weight? Like, yeah, no. he could win at SummerSlam. But it's not that big of a spectacle anymore. You're not going to... Like, WrestleMania brings eyes to the product that aren't in the pro wrestling bubble. Brings celebrities and media outlets and all this together. Like, like the Super Bowl. Yes. You know, and that's the best way to get eyes on the product and having Cody win there. That's what sets him up is like, OK, this is going to be the guy that carries the torch in the future. 
while Roman goes and does what Roman does. Well, now, yeah, you could have him drop it at SummerSlam or whatever, but are you going to get that exposure on Cody? No. Like, people that tuned into WrestleMania, there's going to be some of them that don't tune into SummerSlam. Even if the, the product stayed good, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Like, all the pro wrestling fans that drop off and all the celebrities that drop off, they come back at WrestleMania time. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It's like football fans. Not everybody watches every game throughout the year. Some of us, you know, if their team isn't doing well or, you know, they just don't feel it this year, they just drop off and stop watching. And then the Super Bowl comes, they turn back on, even if their team's not there and they watch the Super Bowl. You know, I'm guilty of that as a Cowboys fan. You know, when the Cowboys are eliminated, I typically just stop caring. But I tune into the Super Bowl every year. And that's what WrestleMania is. So, like, you built Sammy up. He doesn't get a moment. You build Cody up. Okay, he's going to get a moment, but it's not going to mean as much. Like, it feels like all this this nine months of booking has just got thrown out the window. And I know all the news outlets are saying, oh, this was the plan a long time ago, but it doesn't feel like that. It's almost like Triple H coming out and saying, oh, we're still the same WWE. Are you, though? I don't think you are. You're not the same WWE nine months ago. You're the same WWE from a year and a half ago. That's what you are. You're not the same WWE we saw after WrestleMania, where Vince was gone and we started to see improvement. No, this is not the same thing anymore. I will say, you know, and I mean, I'll hit more on this point as we go on through the rest of the this week's events when we start talking about late in the week. Um, and I'll I'll re-hit on this point, but the only show that has felt different, and not by much, and I'm meaning at like the smallest scale, is SmackDown tonight, simply because some guys that you wouldn't figure Vince putting over were getting over. But beyond that, like night two was the beginning of a really bad sinking feeling. So I think what I what I love about this little community that we've started to build is we all, all of us, we still have it in the Discord, is we all said before Cody's music hit, finish the story. You have like 10 people saying finish the story. All of us, even though we were in separate parts of the country, separate TVs, separate everything, we all all of our hearts came together and we were like, let's go, Cody. And then Solo robbed us. And that's, that's okay. All right, fine then. What I don't understand and what it seems like it's going for WWE is that Cody is going to have to go through a year of, of bad. Not SummerSlam. Cody will probably win Money in the Bank. He might cash in at SummerSlam. He might not win. He's going to have to go through the Royal Rumble. He's probably going to lose. He's going to have to go through Elimination Chamber. He's probably going to lose. They are going to have him lose everything, trying to rip and tear and claw so that Miss, so Captain America can win, finally, in the city of brotherly love, 
I am calling it right now. And if they go that route, that is going to sink very, very badly. Because we waited a year for Cena versus The Rock 2 because it's Cena and The Fucking Rock. There's not a lot. Yeah. What? This isn't Cena and The Rock, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not Cena and The Rock. Nobody's going to wait for Roman Cody 3 or Roman Cody 2. Nobody's going to wait for that. The thing is, is if you remember like that build up, Rock and Co- uh, Rock and, and Cena were, Cena had his own little mini feuds going on with other people. Yeah. Throughout the whole year. He didn't just like stay focused there, but you didn't have either not looking strong. Yeah. Like... But here we have Cody just getting absolutely destroyed. And to be honest, like, I don't know how, even if they have him beat Lesnar, I don't see a credible way for it to happen. I don't. That's not a knock on Cody, but I don't see a credible way for that to happen. I really don't. Like, and so I feel like Lesnar has to win. And that sucks. Because I don't want Lesnar to win. Nobody wants Lesnar to win. Honestly. Maybe Endeavor wants Lesnar to win. Vince McMahon might want Lesnar to win. But, like, nobody else does. And, like, Lesnar, let's face it, Lesnar's on his way out. Like, this is this is his swan song. Like, we The writing's on the wall. He's going to retire soon. Why is he going over so many people? Like, and I'm not standing up for Omos by any means. <laughs> but you're like, not an Omos sapien. But like, even if Omos is a guy that they want to be like the future of the company, why did Lesnar defeat him with one F5 after getting destroyed the entire match? Yeah. Why? Why? It doesn't make any damn sense. Like, sure, Lesnar still could have won, but Omos gets beat by one F5. Like, come on. Come on. Like, even Omos, who has a lot of work he needs to do to get better, deserved better than that. Like, I'm sorry to say, but he did. He deserved better than that. And again, I'm not a fan of his, but looking at it from a business standpoint, like, you can't have a future star get destroyed by one move after they've dominated the entire rest of the match. And then put him up against Elias on Raw and expect that to turn the momentum back around. Like, I don't care who he squashes. Unless he squashes Brock Lesnar, it's not going to matter. doesn't matter who you put him in the ring against. Remember when he was looking straight at the camera and they were like, he's sending a message to the whole roster. No, he's not. And I was like, what, what, what message could Omos send? Like, yeah, he, he, beat up a guy that was on a losing streak already who's done nothing since he came back like it was a jobber that was fed to omos and that wasn't impressive i'm sorry it wasn't it was like okay yeah i could have saw that coming a million miles away yeah like the thing is and i think 
like Cody got robbed and all of Cody's fans got robbed. All of the indie wrestlers looking to see what their career might be like if they signed there got robbed. I really feel for Cody's students that were in attendance. You saw the picture. I showed yeah. the picture. You saw the picture. I was pissed, man. I feel bad for them because now, like, what's that message send to them? That if they go there, they're going to get squashed too? Because Vince McMahon doesn't, it doesn't line up with the Vince McMahon way of doing things. And to be honest, like, they can say and spin the story all they want, but this feels a whole lot like Cody's being punished for AEW. It yeah. really does. It feels like Vince is like, okay, yeah, you'll get your, you'll get your title. But not before I absolutely run you into the ground first. And I think the worst thing, and again, it sucks that Triple H is being made like the fall guy. And even me, like I'm a Triple H guy. Like I I think he's amazing. But the line that he used in that press conference after, that the story never ends, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, let's go back and look at the Attitude Era, shall we? Triple H goes out with a quad injury. Don't do it. Triple H comes back at the Rumble. Triple H wins the Royal Rumble. Don't do it. Triple H goes to WrestleMania. Triple H wins the title at WrestleMania. He did it. Now, you have the same story arc, yet it was okay then, but it's not okay now. The, The story got finished there, like this is it's because Vince that Triple H is one of Vince's guys in the Attitude Era. Cody's not. Co- he, he didn't want Cody. He wanted Cody to parade around and face paint and do cartwheels and hiss like a cat. This is the same guy that put polka dots on Dusty Rhodes. The same way same guy that made dust and gold. Yeah, and so Vince has notoriously humiliated the Rhodes family since they got into the business. So this feels like Cody is getting destroyed too. And so, it's sad. It just it's just sad. It, it it breaks my heart to even think about. So do you want to hear the end to SmackDown? Yes. Tell me. Jay Jay Uso pinned Sammy and it appears he would join Sami Zayn, but he attacked him instead. Matt Riddle comes to save Sammy from a two-on-one attack from Jay and Solo. Yeah, all because Kevin Owens got taken out earlier in the night by Solo. What dead horse are we beating? The same stories that Vince was writing before Vince left. That's that's what is happening. We are Matt. beating. We are beating. There's not even a dead horse now. It's just. Now it's like a piñata and you're pulling the string from the children and they're just swinging at nothing. Like, I know that the wrestling fan base, ourselves included, are are big proponents of long-term storytelling. But like this, there's no point for this to be any longer term than what it's been. Yeah. There's no point. Like, Roman... And the Usos were on top of everything. The Usos already lost their belts. Like, what reason does Solo even have for sticking around? I don't understand. Like, just end it already. Like, just stop. 
Send the Usos. Yeah, they can even still be heels. Just send them on their own in the tag division. Just send them off to do their own thing. Yeah. Like, Solo should just be a solo, like, a, a solo fucking competitor right now. He should be wrestling in the mid-card, not just having segments where he attacks Kevin Owens in a parking lot or um, runs interference on Cody at WrestleMania. Like, he should be in in singles programs. He should be universal champion. He he should be. I mean, I wouldn't go as far to say he's universal. Like or not universal. United States. United States. Absolutely. He should be. He should be going for one of the mid card titles right now. United States. He should be in the program for it, but unfortunately, he's not. And like, what more do you do with Roman Reigns? Because to be honest with you, who's left? Who is left? You're gonna have Cody face Lesnar for a while. Who the hell steps up to Roman now? Like who? Who's, who's it going to be? He's beaten like, every top guy in the company. Like what? You're going to have Riddle come back and fight him? Okay, that's believable. We well, all you know who's going to win. You can't because of Vince's kayfabe. Riddle is no longer allowed to challenge for the titles. Lesnar is no longer allowed to challenge for the titles. Like there's nobody left. The there's only nobody left. The only people that are allowed to challenge for the titles... The only people that are allowed canon are the members of the bloodline. The thing about it is, it's like, the only thing I can think of is it's just going to be a bunch of mid-card guys getting title shots that Roman's just going to smash. Yeah. You're going to see Ricochet get a title shot. Roman's going to destroy him. You're going to see LA Knight. Yeah, you're going to see guys like that be fed to Roman until Cody gets his next shot. And that's just the way it's going to be. And it sucks. And yeah, I just, I don't understand. Like you've, you've done all you can with this, this tribal chief storyline. Like you've done everything you can. Like there's no legitimate big names for him to face anymore. Like you've done it. What he's even beat Goldberg. You can't even bring Goldberg back. He beat Goldberg. Yes. Okay. He's beaten Brock Lesnar. Like, who else are you going to bring back? What, Stone Cold Steve Austin? Okay, yeah, a guy that can't take, who's limited on bumps. We all know what's going to happen there. Like, you can't have anybody beat him. Like, there's nobody that you can you can build a good program with. It's just going to be mid-card guys that get fed to him. You know? And it sucks, because then you're going to see people who deserve that shot not get it in the way that they should get it and i'm not talking about winning like it wouldn't matter to me if ricochet got the shot the way he should and lost but don't just like feed guys like ricochet to roman like that's not right these guys deserve like their own title program where they earn the way up there not just because oh we don't got anybody else for roman so your lucky day, you're going to fight Roman in the title for the title at the pay-per-view, and then, you know, you're going to get smashed, and then you'll be back down, you know, in a backstage segment next week. Yeah. Not even on the card. So, and we already know that there's there's people that it's going to happen to that Vince doesn't like, i.e. Ricochet. Vince is not a Ricochet fan. No. Triple H is a Ricochet fan. Yes. And... Yeah, I see I see that, you know, he's one of them. I see that 
L.A. Knight gets a shot. L.A. Knight gets smashed, and then he shows back up as Max Dupree. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Don't bring it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but this is Vince McMahon we're freaking talking about. Yeah. Or something worse, a whole new gimmick. He's going to be like... He's gonna drink Elliot. He's gonna be Ezekiel. But no, it's... Kevin Owens is gonna be like you're the same guy. Yeah, um, he's I gonna, don't. He's gonna be in Y night. Oh no, <laughs> PH night. Yes, he's, Philadelphia. he's gonna. That's gonna be his new gimmick. Is just every big city they go to, he changes his his character. He's John Morrison, but with cities. In, instead of and he's he's gonna play it off like he's different people, not even the same guy. He's gonna be Tuscaloosa Knight. Yes, he's gonna be El Paso Knight. Oh my god, that doesn't sound good at all. No, um, yeah, this is this is like like we haven't even gotten into Monday Night Raw or no. SmackDown. So I think we need to just like move on to Monday Night Raw because I think we've said all we need to about night two of WrestleMania. So Monday Night Raw comes around. I have it on the Discord. Everybody is ready. We are all excited. Not really. We're all actually scared. Um, There is no positive energy that day at all. And that's while we're at work. That's all of us talking. That's all of us having, you know, trying to lift every each other up. We're in Discord. And Triple H comes out. And he says, we're the same WWE. And I scream out, what the fuck? Because that wasn't the announcement that we thought it was going to happen. So the night goes on. Well, the the way the night began was Cody demanding a rematch. Cody saying, Roman, you didn't beat me. Solo caused you to beat me. You didn't beat me yourself. Roman being as arrogant as Roman is, saying that Cody didn't stand a chance. Paul Heyman saying, you do not deserve a rematch. So, Paul Gives them the opportunity. Roman and Solo versus Cody. And somebody who wrestled at WrestleMania. (laughs) But. If what? What are you laughing about? Like. It was almost like they knew. That we were like. Oh this is going to be a return. Like. Yes. Or a debut. Like this is where it happens. And then it's like Vince knew and was like, ha, gotcha. Like, here's Brock Lesnar. Yes. So Brock comes out. Um, Him and Cody are, you know, high-fiving, weird and- hugging. It looks weird. It looks like. So did you see the, the comment speaking of that is that um, Brock Lesnar looks like Cody Rhodes evolved if they were Pokemon. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> so they're getting excited. The night goes on. We have a pointless women's tag team match. Not saying the women wrestling is bad, but both teams lost in the showcase. So it there was no point to have it. 
Um, we have not seen the women's showcase winners at all. Uh, so Raquel Rodriguez, I wanted to say Gonzalez, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan will have a tag team title match against Becky and Lita, which I guess Liv and Raquel are the new champions and Becky will start with the Trish storyline. Yeah. It's gotta be. Oh, no, we can't say anything anymore because we don't know because it's Vince. No, no, no. Vince doesn't like Liv Morgan. So, yeah. um, Becky will win even with Trish attacking her. Yeah. And then Becky will just surrender the titles because Adam Pierce says that she has to. And then Chelsea Green is champion. Yeah. And apparently Chelsea Green's going to become the new journal manager from what I was reading online. Oh, God. Because um, she's Karen and she's she can't speak to the manager. So she's going to become the manager. Oh, no. And... Um, oh, no. So that match happened. We had our Universal. Our, our undisputed tag team champions, my bad, come out and Kevin Owens said that the best way to celebrate would be to fight. So they go in a match against the Street Profits in a hell of a match. But even Morgan, more, so this is what I was proud of. Morgan goes more the most innocent way she looks. She looks at the monitor and she looks at everybody and she goes, this doesn't make sense. And I said, why? They're both, all four of these men are very athletic. And she goes, the street prophets are faces. And I said, okay. And she says, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are faces. And I said, okay. And she says, so faces wrestle faces. And I was like, well, no, not typically. And she said, so why are all four of them wrestling? And I said, well, maybe, you know, the street prophets will turn. Like Montez will turn on Dawkins tonight. Didn't happen. Um, no. It was like it was like Vince's revenge to all of us that like there were all the rumors that were out there. It was like Vince was like personally had a list of like what can I put a torpedo in? It's been going around and just checking them off his list as he was going through Monday Night Raw. Like and not only that, but I feel like this was to so correct me if I'm wrong. That match was for the tag titles, right? Yes. So basically the title shot that the Street Profits earned at Mania already got used. That was to get rid of their title shot. That's what it was for. That's literally what it was for. Was to get I rid of their title that. shot. Because uh, Owen said, let's put it for the tag team titles tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So that got rid of their title shot for winning the showcase. Yes. So what was the showcase even for at this rate? Well, well, here's the weird part. So they get a title shot straight off the back. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez still had to compete for one. Yeah. And it's just like any anybody that got over while Vince was gone that was not Vince's plan to get over is getting like destroyed. Is getting the shaft. Liv Morgan and Raquel are going to be next on next week's Raw. They're going to be next. Yeah. They're going to get torpedoed. That's what's about to happen. And I think the biggest thing about Monday Night Raw that bothers me 
So, like, can you imagine how Triple H feels having to go out and make these announcements? Like, knowing that everything he's done, everything he's done to make the pro wrestling world better and WWE better has just been completely taken from him and is getting flushed down the toilet. Like, how so I I shared this. Yeah. So, or no, I didn't share this on Twitter. I was about to. And then I realized this was probably a thought nobody realized. So, if you look back on Monday Night Raw, and you look at SmackDown at both promos today, he was pale white. And so what my thought is, is either one, the man broke down backstage, or two, the man threw up backstage. But either way, if you look at him, he's pale white, which means his heart was not in the promo. Everything that he cared about was not in the promo. So, being that we're already kind of gravitating to jumping ahead, let's just say, and I think anybody out there that, you know, is a pro wrestling fan, Monday Night Raw was probably the worst post-WrestleMania Raw I've ever seen in my life. And I've been watching, I've been watching pro wrestling since like 1994. Yeah. Religiously week after week after week. And so that's almost 20, that's almost 20 years of Raw after WrestleMania as I've seen. Yeah. And that was the worst Raw after WrestleMania I have ever watched. I don't, I think it was just for this podcast that I even stayed tuned in. Like, I literally considered just turning it off multiple times to that broadcast. Like, I was just like, why am I even watching? Like, I could be doing something else that'll actually bring me some kind of joy because this sucks. This absolutely sucks. And, you know, and I think that's partially why I didn't watch SmackDown um, tonight. Like I tuned in for a little while while you had it up while I was at work on my break, had myself muted and was just watching. But I didn't even get to the announcement when I went home. And I, even if I had been still listening there, I probably wouldn't have even had it on. I just would have found out from you what he said because you didn't even find out from me. DJ put it because I was just pissed off. And I'm just like, well, you know, well, I could tell by your reaction that it was stupid. Fuck, fuck everything. Fuck, dude, I was pissed. And so, like, the thing, the only ray of hope that I got from that whole thing because i went and watched wwe's little twitter video they put out of the promo the only thing that makes me scratch my head and kind of wonder if there's more to it is when he said the very game yes because there was this ominous pause and he says this draft this year will change the game and everybody knows he's the game triple h so it makes me wonder what that means because that was a little too like the smirk is there. what stole it. The like, smirk is what so, like, I feel sold like it. he there was an emphasis put there for a reason. It wasn't just like him saying a catchphrase. It was there was a reason, like a little hint thrown out right there. And like I'm hoping that you know you saw that WWE versus WWE SummerSlam, and I'm hoping they find some way to work this in. Because that might be the only thing that saves this is a Vince versus Triple H thing. And 
you know, um, I mean, that's what I'm holding out hope for. And I might be naive or stupid for holding that hope. Yeah. But that's what I'm holding. I'm hoping that uh, that turns into this. And I'm hoping we see over the next couple weeks, Triple H becoming more and more fed up on screen of this, leading to him like taking charge and being like, okay, you know, I'm going to take SmackDown. You're going to take Raw. We're going to do a draft and I'm going to kick your ass. And lead and they could even do since it's the biggest wrestlemania ever they could do team vince versus team triple h at wrestlemania the winner gets the company and sure vince can still be doing his thing backstage or what the fuck ever you know he can the thing that pisses me off the most is vince said in that interview oh i'll I'll still be involved in creative at the high level but i'm not going to be in the weeds yet what the fuck is he doing every week now in the weeds he's fucking overseeing everything like no you want to handle executive division decisions and be way high up in the air and handle stuff with like networks and sponsors and all this then go do it i I could give a shit less go ahead but like don't fucking sit here and and fucking be in the weeds controlling everything like no so you know it would be really dope if and this is just my wildest dream is that this has all been planned and it's a storyline that Vince is back and they're playing it off really fucking well. And it leads to a payoff between Team Vince versus Team Triple H at Mania. Triple H wins. Vince goes and does the high level stuff. Triple H has creative control. Like that's my fantasy booking and I know it's not realistic and it's probably very far it's a shot pretty far, but that's what I'm hoping for because, like, if Vince is going to be in control again, like, for good, like, this is a very dark time in the realm of professional wrestling. Like, it is, oh. it is a very dark time. So, so the big thing that pissed everybody off in our Discord and around the world is they did five minutes of Brock Lesnar beating the ever-living shit out of Cody Rhodes. Five minutes. You will be surprised how long five minutes will go. Oh, no. Like, watching that on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, five minutes. You will be surprised how long that feels. And it it didn't help of how brutal the beating was that it was literally, like, uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Like, it almost made you nauseous. And, like, I could understand, you know, Brock hits him with an F5, you know, and some suplexes and leaves him laid the fuck out. But that's not what that was. No. That was Brock. Like, it almost, like, I even made the comment when we were watching it. This almost feels like they're riding Cody Rhodes off TV. Yeah. Because it was bad. And apparently, it was supposed to go longer, but they ran out of time. How much longer did they need to go? Because from what I was reading from Sean Rush, Sap, and Fightful, is that Brock, when he came back down and threw the gloves off, it wasn't just to give the camera a finger. He was supposed to go back down to the ring and beat the hell out of Cody Moore. But they ran out of time, and so he just flipped off the cameras. But no. That was supposed to go longer, and it was, like, from a fan's perspective, not just as a fan of Cody, 
but as a pro wrestling fan, the last beating that made me that uncomfortable, almost sick, was also involved Brock Lesnar, and it was Brock versus Cena at SummerSlam, where he hit like 35 German suplexes on Cena and busted Cena wide open and like four F5s. And yeah, it, it reminded me of that. I was nauseous watching that. I was nauseous watching Cody get beat up on Monday. Like it was disgusting. Like it was literally disgusting. And yeah, five minutes when you're not like when you're you're playing a video game or you're doing something you enjoy. Yeah, it's not very long at all. It'll pass like that. But like when you're forced to watch something that is uncomfortable, you realize how long five minutes really is. Like that was that went on like three minutes longer than it should have. Like it felt like we had a whole conversation, like an hour's worth of conversation, because we just kept, I kept screaming, what the fuck? Uh, Chris kept trying to be like, this doesn't make sense. You were like, they're trying to write him off. DJ was trying to say this. We're saying like 30 minutes to an hour's worth of shit in five minutes while we see Brock Lesnar just beating everybody senseless. The refs were afraid to get near him. Um, Pierce was afraid to get near him. It wasn't good. And so we will transition to SmackDown. SmackDown opened with the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. It was a pretty good match. I'll have to say that. Definitely put Sheamus over um, for probably another bout between them later on in the future. Like Ricochet. Said, yeah. What? Like I was saying, like with these matches that were put on, it definitely felt more like a Triple H show, and that's why also I'm kind of hoping that this is the way it's going. Um, the mat- the action was a lot more reminiscent of, like, NXT. Yes. A lot more, like, fast-paced, exciting spots. Um, everybody in the matches were presented really well, even in a losing effort. Like, Imperium still looked really good. Um, Ivar still looked really good against Ricochet. Um, especially Ricochet like selling for him, making it look like moves were absolutely killing him. Um, Ricochet getting put over, which again is a very Triple H thing. Vince would have had him squashed. Um, and I didn't watch past that. Like I was driving home and then yeah. we got on here, but um, it felt like a different vibe. And I feel like. Vince was still riding, and that's why I'm also still holding out hope is I feel like it was intentionally booked that way. Yes, it was. I think with the, you know, dissatisfaction that we've had as fans, um, it was booked that way on purpose to try to ease some of the negativity, and they've still got a long way to go if they're going to fix that because, again, it was the worst week after WrestleMania in the history of me watching wrestling and you weren't kidding about the you know the the mood and the vibe being negative in fact you know you and i kind of had a little bit of a disagreement about jay white because of the negativity that you know we that i've been feeling with pro wrestling is like i haven't been this negative about pro wrestling like you know me you've known me for a while now pro wrestling is my like one of my biggest parts of my life like from me performing in the ring from me watching it 
Um, for me being behind the scenes and booking things for the company we used to run, um, fantasy booking that we do here and the podcast, um, pro wrestling is like, other than my kid, pro wrestling is like the biggest thing in my life other than my kid. Like that's my heart and soul. And for me to be that negative says something like, yeah, guys, we were getting into an argument about AEW and how Jay White's on here. Um, and I'm you not, were just straight negative, dude. So, like, I'm happy that he gets to perform in front of a U.S. audience. But I'm not happy... At the story. At the story. Like, even he posted on Twitter, Golden Black Bullet Club or whatever, and I'm like... Yes. Dude, you got attacked by the de facto new leader of the Bullet Club, and yet you're still repping Bullet Club. Like... So what in the kayfabe is going on here. So like, the only thing that could work for that is he technically was never kicked out because Finley that makes him look like a bitch. Like, I'm oh sorry. yeah, oh yeah, no, it does. It you does. Get your ass whipped by the group you helped elevate. You get your ass whipped, right? Yeah. That your right hand guy Ghetto decides while well, you get your ass whipped. This is his new boy, and he goes over the like every other person that's been attacked that stayed in that company, came back for revenge. Yeah. Yet Jay White's the only one not. Like, how how do you take a guy like the Switchblade and his character and everything, and you make him just, like, forget that they double-crossed him? Like, and then he comes back and he's, like, high-fiving a member of the Bullet Club. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like... This is the group that just kicked you out. Like, yeah. come on. Like, and not only that, but like, I'm sorry, but like the least hype member of the Bullet Club Juice in the world is Juice Robinson. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he's talent. He has talent or whatever. But like, when I see his name on the marquee and it says Bullet Club, he's the one I give the least shit about. I'm sorry, but it's just the way it is. And there's people in the Bullet Club, I don't even know who they are, and I'd probably still be more hyped for them. Yeah, that's also All saying... I see is the Moonchild, CJ yeah. Parker. That's all I see when I see him. That's saying that we have two members of the Bullet Club in Impact, and people still forget that. And yeah, they I'd have... rather root for Ace Austin, and I hate him. And Chris B. Chris Bay. Chris Bay. Chris Bay is great. Like, I like Chris Bay, but, like, Ace Austin gets under my under my skin like nobody's business yeah. yet i get more hype for ace austin than i do for juice robinson like come on like so that was our only big art like disagreement i will say about aew um we were more focused on how this week has progressed into wrestling uh with triple h we said that he announced the draft no time frame i think it'll be after money in the bank but right now, in the world of professional wrestling, um, it kind of seems like, for the most part, we're on the back burner. That Endeavor is really excited of the potential with WWE and the UFC being a company together. But for us as fans, uh, simple common sense in any business is you have to have the loyalty from the fan base if you're going to buy it. Unless they come up with a story that 
revolutionizes what WWE has done in the past couple of years. The the thing that broke my heart the most is night one. We were all like saying like, oh, how are all of us going to get to Philadelphia together? And now like I almost don't even want to go, dude. Yes. I'm just like, I'm just like, why do I want to go and, and have the, the moment of getting hype and having all these really neat chances to interview all these people and come into WrestleMania on a high and then just get completely destroyed and then just come out of WrestleMania going back to Dallas. Me sitting here like, man, I'm depressed. Like, this sucks. It was really cool to have that moment where we all felt like a home, like a family night one. We were like, we were joking. We were like, all right, how are we going to all get to Philadelphia? Um, DJ, who we mention a lot, does not like Philadelphia. So he was like, leave me out of it. We were all talking about it. We were excited. I went to bed with a giant smile on my face. I was like, this community is so happy. And then night two happened and we have not talked about it because we are we're like that kid who, when the parent calls them at school and they're like, you're in trouble in a few hours, we're just waiting. We're waiting for the ass whooping that we're about to get because we know it's coming. I think the hardest part is, is like for me, especially, and you know, you might reflect the same sentiment, but it's like, you still want to have hope, but you also have this feeling of dread like you shouldn't have hope and you know that you're just going to like get your your heart shattered again. And that's kind of what it's like. It's like after this week, like I want to have hope instead of like, oh, it's, it's going to be okay. But then there's this like overwhelming dread that's like, no, no, it's not going to be okay. Everything is going to get ruined. And like we we've, it's funny because we've had this like, narrative on the podcast that we're like anti-AEW yet like this episode proves the complete freaking opposite like we are shitting all over WWE right now and you know and I still you know if we even talk anything about AEW I I got things to shit on them about too like honestly like we don't even I need am to bring probably, up AEW this week I am probably the most bummed and heartbroken about pro wrestling as a whole, not just WWE, than I ever have been right now. Like, I don't see much hope on either side of the fence. Um, I feel like AEW has a opportunity now to just coast because fans are so disenfranchised with WWE that they're just going to switch a channel anyway, and AEW knows that. So why worry about putting together a good story? There's no push to do so anymore. There's there's no reason to push themselves anymore. Like, I have a feeling we're going to see lazy story writing in AEW over the next couple weeks. You know what kind of story we're going to get? And this this was not my personal favorite era. I have a lot of people who argue. I didn't like how it went. We're going to get from both companies the people power era where wrestling didn't really matter. It was more about 45 to an hour and a half of talking and two-minute matches. Oh, see, we got a promo about Daniel Bryan teaching his daughters how to fix a house. An assaulting hangman with a screwdriver. Yeah. Okay. 
That's that's fantastic. Now that was the dumbest fucking promo I have ever heard from Brian Danielson in my life. Did like, you hear what he said though? We're the only real pro wrestlers left. No, like we don't want to see Brian Danielson talk about. Oh, I taught them how to fix things and blah blah blah. Like no. Like, if you're going to come out and act like a brutal dude, like, you don't talk about family values. You don't talk about all this stuff. No, come on. And you want to talk about, like... I make my girls brush their teeth. Yeah, and you have this whole narrative now. First, it was like with, you know, the the outcasts that Paige has or whatever, or Soraya now. Yeah. Now it's like it's almost spreading on to the male side. Because now you have Brian be like, Amateurs! amateurs and i'm like like this is stupid like this is retarded like what are you doing like the blackpool combat club like if they just kept them being brutal for no reason other than that's who they are it would have been great it would have been believable but now you have them like attacking people just because they're not like why aren't why aren't they attacking Wheeler? Wheeler would be considered an amateur. Wheeler, yeah. Wheeler Yuta. Well, he's part of the BCC. I know. Or if, if they're yeah, I said it right this time. If their gripe is against oh these yeah amateurs, okay. now, yeah now Wheeler mean, should yeah. be getting attacked too. Yeah, because you have you three professional wrestlers. They should be allying with Chris Jericho at this rate, because. That's that's the whole amateur contention here. So in reality, I feel like they should Jericho should turn on the entire rest of the JAS and join the BCC, and they should be the 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 sports entertainer guys attacking all the amateur indie guys. Like it was the dumbest character switch I've ever seen. Like it was stupid. And then you completely blow this whole Daniel Bryan, I'm going home thing. And he could have gone to ROH and it would have made so much sense. Even if he was a heel steel, like still a heel and still like showing up on AEW to be with the, the rest of the team would have been way better. But no, like he just comes back to attack Kenny Omega. Like why? Why? Like what good reason? Like I can't think of any. Kenny doesn't have a world title. He doesn't. He has no way to get Daniel Bryan another world title shot. Like, what? Does Daniel Bryan want the New Japan belt? Okay. You could have done it a different way. Like, there's no real reason for him to have a vendetta against... There's a whole... There's a whole ass pay-per-view that's made for for New Japan. Like, come on. For New Japan belts. So, like, what, is that what they're gearing toward? You know, Brian Anderson versus Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door? Like, okay, I guess. But there's, like, a million different ways that could have been built better. This isn't just the negative. Like, yeah, there's the negative vibe, but, like, there's still things that make sense and don't make sense in terms of story building. Like, and the funny thing is, is there, you got these AEW fans and even AEW talent and even Tony Khan, probably, and his executive whatever people are laughing at WWE for their story building, yet they're doing the exact same stupid bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, again, Jay White's a perfect example. Like, why? 
Why? Have him come back and help his boy Adam Cole. Have him turn on his boy Adam Cole. He could have done a million different things with him other than have him team up with the Bullet Club again. Like, Now let me say him, this. Have him help down your Brian against Kenny Omega. That would have been a better person to attack Kenny. Because he doesn't like Kenny Omega. Everybody yeah. knows it. Let me say this. The best show, the best storytelling all week was NXT. Braun yeah. Breaker went heel. Cora Jade came back in stories that were believable. That made sense for them to be there. Did you like that screenshot I sent, though, when Fightful put Braun Breaker turned on Carmelo Hayes and you just see Sean Rossap go, he did what? Yeah. Um, like, those made sense. And, like, I was already kind of wondering how they were going to do it, especially with at, um, at WrestleCon or whatever they call that thing, uh, that week-long thing that is around WrestleMania. Oh, where Rick, yeah, yeah. Where Rick Steiner got basically banned. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I oh, was yeah. like, how are you going to present Braun Breaker now, who pays such homage to Rick? And now you can't just have him come out in the rain in the, the bright ass Rick Steiner singlet and be the same guy anymore. Yeah. So, like, I already knew that had to change. They had to do something different with him. And I was thinking, oh, they're going to call him up and probably change his his presentation and then they just turned him heel and i was like okay i guess that changes the presentation i'm sure he'll still wear the singlet but it's probably gonna be a lot darker colors now and i have know. a weird feeling he won't wear a singlet i think he's gonna follow his uncle and go with like the well yeah. i do hey there's one good thing that came out of this other than the heel turn which i think is gonna be great for him maybe they'll take rick steiner out of the dlc pack and just give us Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner instead. I hope so. I'm sorry. I'm not excited for retro Scott Steiner. No. I'm not. I'm sorry. It's not. And sure, he was a great athlete. He really was. Like, he was unbelievable. But I would play Big Papa Pump way more. And yeah, he can't cut a promo with a crap. But in in the video games, in 2K, there's no cut a promo option. So yeah, I don't got to worry about Steiner math this time. I can oh. just worry about going out and suplexing people all over the place. Like, so yeah, 2K, if you somehow happen to watch our podcast, you know what you need to do now. Like, just, just, just take Rick it. out. Give us a big just... pop of pump. Um, yeah, just do that because we're done with that but that also like adds the question is like after some of the things that have happened this week like how's that gonna get affected like there's some things that i'm kind of concerned are gonna change now because so what what i'm feeling like is i think um you know in mexican culture it's called the ojo somebody put a curse on this week because there's there's a lot of things that you saw in indie wrestling in perfect in uh the professional level uh, at wrestlecon that just didn't make sense and didn't need to happen so i feel like the this next week this next two weeks fuck this next month we are just going to get a lot of bad trash wrestling leading up to backlash leading up to double or nothing leading up to battleground i'm like i gotta say this 
why do they think that after all of this that we're going to give a shit that Bad Bunny is going to wrestle at Backlash? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. But there's now no reason to care. Like, I don't care. You you could throw any celebrity in there at this point, and I don't give a crap. Sorry. Not only that, but the thing they did with Damian Priest and him made zero fucking sense. Because they're especially his comment friends. to yeah. Pierce. Especially his comment to Pierce in the back. Oh, you're lucky he's my boy, because if he wasn't, I would have done much worse. Like, like, you put him through a table and he had to be taken out by medical personnel. Like, are you sure he's your boy? Because yeah. that doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry, I'm not excited to see that. Like, I'm not excited to see Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. I'm not excited. I'm not. I don't think Bad Bunny and Damian Priest are going to mesh well in the ring at all. I don't think so. You need like a high flyer against Damian Priest that is fluid, that can make the spots look good. Otherwise, you're going to have the same issues that Bianca and Asuka had. They're going to plan spots. They're going to be really slow, and they're going to be like really like staggered, and their timing's not going to line up. Why? Because for the like the David versus Goliath thing to work, you need a really good David. And Bad Bunny is talented for what he's done so far. But he's no Rey Mysterio. No. The exchanges between Rey and Damien are going to be fantastic. Yes. But, like, I'm not excited. So how do you feel for the first time in 10 years i'm including the brock lesnar when he took when he kept the world the wwe championship hostage but we still have the world heavyweight or the other title how do you feel for the first pay-per-view in like 10 years that won't have any main event title because roman's not booked no so both both titles aren't going to be there so what's your main event? Gonna, yeah, what's your main attraction? Bad Bunny and that tag match, I bet. It's probably the main event. But why? Like, honestly, I hate the fact that these hosts are starting just to wrestle. Like, you had the Miz at WrestleMania wrestle three fucking matches. Yes. Now you have the host of Backlash wrestling. Now, the next host of whatever event's going to be in a match, too, like... I'm Logan sorry, Paul's going to host SummerSlam because he not, resigned. It's not going to be good. Like, yeah, you the occasional oh my god moment of having that host get physical, that's what's exciting. But when it becomes that that host is going to wrestle predictably every single time, it's just not good. And there's going to be some hosts that have no business stepping in the ring. No business whatsoever. Like, they're lucky that they've got, you know, celebrities like Bad Bunny who is halfway decent, but still could use some work. Um, Logan Paul, who's arguably the best and most fit natural one that's come out. Pat McAfee, which is, again, natural, really good at what he does. But, like, like who... You're gonna We're going to get some really bad hosts that they put in matches that aren't good. It's going to be stuff like, you know, Seth Green wrestling again. 
like they used to do on the raw guest host segments. Or when Snooki just dead weight dropped when she yeah. was in that mania match that like legit was confusing as hell. Cause uh somebody saw I kept talking about mania, so somebody's TikTok saw heard the algorithm. So they brought up he was like Snooki wrestled. I was like, I was 12. Yeah. When she did it. And it was pointless. It was just because they were in New York. That's what we're going to start seeing is pointless competitors in wrestling matches that make no sense whatsoever. And I'm honestly scared of what the pre-order bonus for next year's wrestling game is going to be. I'm honestly kind of scared now. Yeah, I'm honestly really scared because we're going to have like Drew Carey as a wrestler. And I'm going to be like, I don't want this. Like, stop, please. Like, they're going to be like, here, have Kanye West. Oh, like, no. no. <laughs> here, have Donald Trump oh, as a no. professional wrestler. Like, oh, no. I'm like, it's sad. And then, like... Again, AEW now like has no reason in any way to push themselves. So like I've seen people so mad over this week of wrestling. It's even gone into the the video game side of things where people were literally on my my TikTok feed breaking their damn 2K23 discs, throwing them in the trash. This is a video game. That you could literally change anything you don't want you 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 want because you don't like it you can just do it different in the video game. People were throwing that away because they're that mad at WWE. Now you really think AEW has a reason to make this video game of theirs or the next one any good? No. no. People are gonna buy it just because they're mad at WWE now, and it's a loss for all of us as fans of the product on the TV and the product on our video game consoles. We lose now. We lose. I'm sorry, guys. We lose for a little while now, and it's going to suck. And I hope the wrestling code comes out soon because that's the only game that's going to succeed just because it's good. Like, And don't get me wrong, I still love 2K23. I'm not going to be like these people throwing it out the window or in the trash or anything like that um, because I love the game. I love what all the things I can do with it. But... It's just, again, man, like it's the worst time in professional wrestling I can even think of. And there's been some really bad times in pro wrestling, but this is like, this is really bad, especially, and let's look at it. You have a guy that was basically, I mean, I can't say convicted because it's not a criminal charge, but he was guilty of sexual misconduct and using company funds to pay hush money to these people. Right? I was wondering who you were talking about at first, but then Vince, yeah. And yeah, then you go. he goes away and it looks like the right thing has been done. And now this guy who did all these terrible things that other people in this world get canceled for forever or people that have done less get canceled forever. And now here Vince McMahon is back front and center and in control of his company again because some merger of a guy that owns the other company that's his friend like this is probably the darkest day in WWE history like darkest time in WWE history I hate to say it but it really is this is the darkest time in WWE history it really is so the only thing that we can do now as wrestling fans is support 
our wrestlers, give our wrestlers the money they need to pay their bills and take care of their family. But we, damn, I thought I would never say this on the podcast because I always wanted opportunities to stay open. There's a certain hashtag that's going around right now. And I didn't say it because I wanted to wait and see what Friday would bring. And Friday just broke my heart. Use it. I used it earlier this week. You use it. If no, you if you I got are a bone. Some... I got a bone to pick about that though. What? All week, all these pro wrestling fans made this whole Occupy SmackDown. Oh yeah, they didn't even do it. You guys did nothing. Absolutely. Now you say that our voices can change stuff and you get all in this like, you know, rally cry until you get in the arena on camera and then you do nothing and you wonder why vince does not give a crap you wonder why endeavor does not give a crap because you all went you all paid for the stuff you did nothing that you said you were going to do you cheered when they wanted you to cheer you booed when they wanted you to boo sorry guys did you see the dominic mysterio promo yep they wouldn't, y'all wouldn't let him talk a second, but the moment that Triple H comes out and the whole, every camera's on him, we go silent. We know Trips isn't the enemy, but every time he's on, we have to say something because like they're going to be focused on Trips. All these things that you had on that little graphic that said Occupy Smackdown and all this stuff, you did zero of them. And now, and to be honest, on my Twitter feed, I didn't see a whole lot of hashtag fire vents tonight. No. And I guarantee I'll see it tomorrow. When it doesn't matter. I'll see it on, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But I don't see it on Monday or Friday. And I'm like, I've got a bone to pick about that. Like, don't sit here and go on this crusade if you're not going to, like, really do it. Like, if you're going to sit and just take this, then just be quiet and take it. I'm sorry. Just the way it works. But nothing's going to change if people say they're going to do something and they just never do it. Like, nothing is going to change. And there, there's a chance that nothing changes anyway. That's the risk you take with stuff like this. Nothing could change. You're probably going to get blocked by some of the people you follow on Twitter that are Vince loyalists. That's what happens. I mean, Adam Pierce took to Twitter today and said that if he sees anybody that tweets him fire Vince, he's going to block him. You got to run that risk. But like, like you're saying, there's a bunch of wrestlers now that are probably as, as they said, rumored are going to start exploring other options because morale is at an all time low. If you have any support for these people whatsoever, don't go on this crusade and just do nothing. Like, yeah, I want Triple H to be in charge, and that's a part of it, but, like, my heart really goes out to these guys that have had a career renaissance since Vince left, and their career and their stock has gone up, and they finally got, like, this glimpse of hope, like, man, I can I can really do something here, and I'm, I'm going to accomplish some things. And then now that Vince is back, imagine how they feel right now. Imagine how they're feeling right now. Fear that they're going to get released tomorrow in a budget cut. Fear that they're not going to see TV. They they said a cost synergy. That's the word now, cost synergy. 
I saw it this morning. There, uh, Endeavor does cost synergies. They don't do budget cuts. That's the word we're using. These guys are probably sitting in fear that that's going to happen or fear that they're not going to get released, but they're going to be sitting in catering every week. You have to think of Candice, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. They weren't anywhere on TV this week. And they were on TV every single week before since they came back. Where's Johnny? He won his match at NXT. There's no reason to keep him off TV. No storyline reason why he should be gone. He had his triumphant moment. Like, where is he? Oh, right. Vince doesn't want to use him. Vince released him for a reason. Vince released Candice for a reason. Was was freaking Karrion Cross on TV this week? No. Why? Because Vince doesn't want him. He let him go for a reason. Was Braun Strowman on TV this week? No. No. He was Vince trying to control him. his narrative. These guys who Triple H brought back and they thought they were going to get their second lease of life here in WWE and live their dreams. Like, if not for any other reason to fight for this cause, why not for them? Like, the thing is, I watched a podcast and we talked about this. I, and I even went and rewatched it earlier this week because I watch all kinds of content for wrestling every week, even stuff I've already seen before, just because I want to see it again. Karrion Cross loves pro wrestling on a level that not a lot of guys are that passionate about. If you watch that that podcast with him on Renee's podcast, it really comes out like the oh, dude when, loves oh, this. Oh, when he when he and uh, Scarlett were on, yeah, he loves this. Yes, and the whole reason he came back to WWE and he had offers to go elsewhere. Because WWE has always been his dream. Like, that's where he, like, dreamt about going. That's it's his goal, was his goal all along, was to come to WWE, to be world champion one day. And so he came back when he could have done the Control Your Narrative, or he could have probably gone to AEW, or he could have gone to Japan. There were probably was, a bunch of places that wanted him. He was uh, reported he was going to be uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s first world champion. He was going to be the face of a company. Controlled by a very powerful celebrity and who has history with writing wrestling. But and he chose he chose to come back. And it's like you have people a locker room full of people who are passionate about WWE because it's been their dream. You know, it's been their dream to do this. I mean, look at Ricochet. Ricochet could probably get a contract anywhere in the damn world he pleases. Sorry, but like with that. his history, like with his that. history in Mexico, in Japan, in the indie circuit here, in the States, like, the dude could get a contract anywhere he wants. Like that. Yeah, every time his contract's up, where does he choose to re-sign? The WWE. Why? Because that's his dream. His idol, The Rock, is the reason why. Like that's, did you that's watch, what did you watch his interview with Chris Van Vliet during uh yeah. Mania Week? He didn't want to talk about the indie. He didn't want to talk about his past. No, it's WWE. That's all he loves. That's his yeah. 
the thing is, is Ricochet is one of those guys that the love of WWE makes him a WWE guy. And to be honest, as long as he's got to say, I doubt he goes anywhere else. Even if he's not being used properly. Hell, there's a time he was sitting in catering for what, like six, seven months? Yeah. Being used in 24-7 title freaking segments? Yeah. Yet he stayed. He didn't ask for his release. He didn't do anything like that. Anytime somebody trashed WWE to him in an interview, he corrected him and was like, no, I'm I'm a WWE guy. I love this. Like, people like that, man, that like, even when WWE gives them the worst hand ever, and they just don't care about them, they still stay loyal. Like, if you don't have a cause to fight, like, for this, for yourselves, or for any other reason, like, for those guys. Like, come on, guys. If you guys are afraid to label yourselves and put the hashtag fire Vince or AEW sucks or anything, share this podcast. I don't edit it. If you watch every full episode, it has all of our fuck ups. I have never edited this show. The thing because is, because we don't do that here. We no. give our full, our full opinion. If you don't want it, share this because somebody will hear us and whether yeah. they like it or not, we're going to fight for what we believe in. The thing is, is we, we've said this before on other podcasts, and we're going to say it again here, just like Swole just said. Like, we are raw. We are unfiltered because of our passion for this business and this industry. And yeah, again, one of my biggest things, and I know it, and every time it slips out of my mouth, I, I feel like I wish I could correct myself, but it's already out there. Yeah, I use a lot of language on this podcast. And when it comes out of my mouth, I know I shouldn't have said that. But when I'm dropping F-bombs or this or that, it's because I'm that I'm that passionate about this. Like I said, other than my kid, pro wrestling is my whole world. That's the whole reason I haven't hung up my boots in terms of performing in the ring. Yeah, am I in shape to perform right now? No. But I love it so much that I can't quit. After being disappointed by WWE through WrestleMania all the way to SmackDown, despite how negative I feel, I can't quit. I can't give up, and I'm still going to tune in and follow what happens on Monday Night Raw and on NXT and on SmackDown and at the next pay-per-view. Even if I'm not watching live, I'm going to be catching highlights on my Twitter and reading the rumors every single week and talking to you about the rumors, even how unsatisfied I am because I love this. This is everything to me. And so, yeah, we don't cut our episodes. We don't do that because we know that there are fans out there just like us that feel the passion that we feel. And that's what we do this for. We don't do this because we want to make it big and get rich. And yeah, if we get there, Along with it doing this, that's cool and, you know, great. But the reason we do this is for you guys. The ones like us. The ones that love this. The ones, the guys that, you know, they they don't have the opportunity. They don't have computers. They don't have anything. They, they're, they don't have this reach is we do it because we know how that feels. Years ago when we were working at a video game shop together and we weren't making that much, but we, we were like, you know what? We want to put our names out there and now we're going to do it and we're not going to stop. I can promise you that you do not, nothing scares me enough to stop because we're not, there's nothing that you guys can do. You guys can't stop us. 
So, so we will be the voice of the voiceless. Yeah, and so let me tell you guys, you know, and this episode might run a little long on if you, you got to do something to make it stay in the metrics or something, whatever. But, like, let me tell you guys a little story. So, again, as he alluded to, we, we met working in a video game shop. My first impression of this guy is I did not like him. Uh, my first impression was he had just started work and it was a really busy day and I had a lot of stuff to do and I was a key holder at that time and I had all this inventory that I had to get done and Cowboys versus Eagles was on and this guy was watching it on his phone and it rubbed me the wrong way. I was really mad. Um, and, you know, as we got to know each other, we kind of developed a friendship through video gaming and pro wrestling pro wrestling being the biggest part and you know we like he said not making much money at a video game shop or on our days off going to a guy a, a boxer's backyard wrestling on a broke down boxing ring that had been left out in the weather and the boards had shifted and we were hurting ourselves to to, to have some kind of shot at it at going and doing pro wrestling to driving, you know, five and a half hours once a week to a company and trying to learn there. And, you know, and then, you know, coming to something like this, you know, as a person who couldn't picture, and again, Swole here deserves all the credit in the world for being able to picture this whole F-Class Heroes, you know, universe that he's built. Because when he first said it, like, I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. And I, I love this guy and I wanted it to work out, but like, I did not, I did not grasp it or understand it the way he did. And so like, I was just like, I mean, I guess dude pop off if you want, but like, I, I see this just not working. And the more and more I saw Swole do his thing and you know, how much heart and soul he's put into this. It's hard not to be inspired by that. And there was times where I guarantee his videos weren't getting views and he was getting like his one or two friends that are his boys that watch it and that's it on his videos and it's come to now the views that he does have and having a thing with whatnot and having this podcast and the thing is is i just got to say like to all of you out there like the heart and dedication that swole has put out to bring you guys all the things he does bring you can't be understated and um Swole, you like for real, man. Like, as a human being to human being, not just friends, not just brothers, but like, um, I'm very inspired by everything that you've done to bring all this, you know, out there for all the fandoms that you bring things to. And there was a time where, you know, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I dropped off this podcast, not only because I had a lot of things going on in life, but like, I had no inspiration and I just wasn't creatively there. And, you know, I left Swole hanging for a while and he had having to have other people on or do it solo. And that wasn't fair. That wasn't fair to him. And I wasn't really a good co-host. Um, and, but he kept going and he kept, he kept pushing on and pushing on. And if not for that, I wouldn't be here right now. 
you know, yeah, there was, there was people out there that were watching it, that watched their old stuff and were reaching out to me and showing me love. But like what really got it for me is watching video after video after video come out and seeing it being like two views, but yet another video still came out that next week and that next week. And you just, you, you didn't give up. You just kept going and you kept going and you kept going and you were throwing stuff at the wall and some of it didn't work. Some of it did work and you just kept doing it. And there was no, um, there's no just like retreat in reverse. It's just full speed ahead all the time. And that passion is what brought me back here. That passion, honestly, if you recall about two years ago, we wrestled in DJ's backyard. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And you put out a video the next day after some really heavy legal stuff happened in my life that we were going on a hi hiatus. At that time, and for a long time, I thought that was it for me. Like I thought, you know, um, I'm never going to wrestle again. Like it's done. And seeing your passion in this reignited not only my passion to do this for our fans and our community, but my passion to wrestle, my passion to do all these things. And yeah, like from what I bring here, it's all good and fine, but like none of this would be here without you. And I don't think you get enough credit for all the things that you do. Um, and yeah, man, like there's probably nobody I know more passionate than, than Swole here. I appreciate probably that. nobody. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You won't make me cry. Um, so the the yeah. the moment he's talking about, <laughs> I'm gonna I'll let you finish after this. The mo the the video he's talking about the day after we did this, um, we wrestled in DJ's backyard. Um, I had just told him a few weeks ago during the uh like the when we got to be together in this office um i couldn't walk that morning because something in my knee just would not bend but i got into my chair and i was like all right you know mike said you know hold up and i said all right cool i'm gonna make a video that explains um that we'll be back uh this isn't gone forever because i know you you want this you want us to do a promotion and um if you see our community now, the only we're missing like maybe a few things and everybody in this community's dream will come true. And that was my original goal for F class heroes. Wasn't I never pictured when I started this, that I was going to be a Mr. Beast. I pictured that I would have everybody I love eating at the same table I am not viewing it from the glass um and that's how it's always been and that's how it's mentioned in our community that's how it's mentioned in our talks together that's how it's going to still be mentioned um so i really appreciate that man thank you thank you i appreciate that and you know on a very real level like through all my my hardships that i've had over the last you know year uh, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, it hasn't been an easy time. There's been a lot of really bad setbacks and um, I lost, I've lost a lot in the last year. Um, but 
on the flip side of that, like to see you gain so much and climb so high in life has been the coolest feeling because I get to live vicariously through you in my bad times, you know, from you, you know, building this up and you getting, you know, up on whatnot and you going to AEW in El Paso and you getting, you know, Morgan, like that has been the coolest thing to watch because, you know, on a real personal level, like I lost the the person that I thought, you know, was going to be that for me, you know? Um, and so seeing you find that has been like one of the coolest things in the whole world to me. And I think my biggest regret of going down there and being in that office is I didn't get to meet her. Like that's probably the biggest regret I got. Yeah. She had work. Um, I wish, you, I wish she was off. I, I really hope I get an opportunity soon to do so because um, let me just say like the you I knew before her and the you I know now is like different. Yeah. Um, you are, you have like a light up in your, your personality and your, your like soul that you didn't have before. And uh, I want to meet the person that brought that about because I've, I've seen you through some really low times, you know, um, and I'm not going to go into what the issue was. But you left for a little while to yeah. go pursue a dream. And that didn't quite work out. And I remember seeing you when you came back and the person you were then. And, you know, seeing you at that low and now seeing you at this high that you're at now. Um, honestly, I'm just, I'm glad I get to be here to see that. Well, this um, po- this podcast wouldn't have happened if you didn't agree to, you know, We'll set it. We'll set the rules. We'll agree to do this because, like that, like he said, if we make tons of money, cool. But if we just get to go, you know, interview indie guys for the next three years and just be their friends, like we did with Brooke, then we're fine with that. Like we just want to talk about wrestling. Like, and there, I think you know, again, on a very real note, peeling back the curtain a little bit, like. The first time we did this, I think, you know, my head was definitely not in the right spot. And, like, it's really interesting because, I mean, there, there's obviously a few people like you having the mindset of, like, it not being, like, you being the star, but, like, everybody getting the benefits. Like, there's not a lot of people out there like that. Yeah. And you couple that, you know, somebody that's been paired with, people in the past that have had their own ideas for what was going to happen and me getting the shaft um combined with the fact that like as a human being like it's really hard to get out of the mindset that like you're the main character in life yeah and you know and again you know this is all on me but like i was in this headspace that like i needed to be like a big time character And I needed to like, and I was also afraid that like you were going to like take everything out from under me um, the first time go around. And I just wasn't in the right space and I I didn't have my head right. And, you know, they always say that like, sometimes your perspective doesn't get put right until you like hit rock bottom and everything is gone. Like everything is gone. And that happened. And you know, um, it happened after probably like what should have been the biggest time of my life. You know, I was engaged, 
I just went to freaking WrestleMania. I just achieved a dream that I had since I was a tiny child. And then right after I got in a car accident, totaled my brand new car. Don't know how I survived it. Everybody I've shown the pictures says that like that should have been like you could have you, you probably should have died. And not only that, but my the person in my passenger seat, Jer, who my brother should have died. And then I lose my fiance. Then I lose my job. Then I lose my apartment. Like I lost everything. And then I'm all the way up here in Dallas, 10 hours away from almost everybody I know. I'm just by myself. And that put a lot in perspective. And, you know, um, in this progress of rebuilding myself, you know, I started to realize that, you know, I was, I was putting doubt on you that I shouldn't have been putting on you. And that wasn't fair to you. And I've never really said this to you or, or anything, but, you know, I think now is as good of time as any. I put a lot of blame and, and uh, you know, jealousy and resentment towards you that I shouldn't have. And I apologize for that. And I want to say that right now in front of you, in front of all the viewers out there, like I was wrong and I should never have done that. Um, and it even translated to, um, you know, our wrestling promotion. Um, and I got some really hard feelings over some things that uh, I shouldn't have had. Um, and I understand why I thought that way, but it doesn't make it right that I did. And I should have put a lot more trust in you than I did. Um, and again, I, I want to wholeheartedly apologize to you for that. It's all good. It's all good, dude. Like we're here now. So there were a lot of times when you were going through your stuff that I didn't know about where I would text you, Hey dude, how are you doing? And you just give me a one word answer and I'd hear from you a few weeks later and I'd be like, all right, he's going through his shit. I understand. Like, I think that's what a lot of people, because of the way I come off, don't realize I do have a heart. <laughs> I do love everybody. If I say I love a person, I do. I never give up on them. I haven't given up on you. And there were a lot of times where a lot of people, if they had, um, you know, if they got into their feelings, they probably would have, dude. And I never did. And I would always bring you up and I'd be like, oh, yeah, my buddy in Dallas, he still does it, even though I haven't talked to you. And that's because, you know, we started out in the weirdest circumstances. And then we became friends. We, you know, we went to go see WWE in Albuquerque together. We went to, you know, we we did just a lot of things that people were like, all right, this is more than a friend. This is this is your family. And um, so I've never held resentment. I've never been mad because I've always wanted it to be where like the perfect image in my head is if we could have everybody in our team film a video backstage at AEW or at WWE where we each are interacting with our favorite person and that be the opening for the channel or for a business or something like that's always been my mindset. I've never been like, yo, I want to make $1 million and tell everybody who helped me fuck off. It's always been, well, you know, it'd be kind of cool if I'm walking down with orange Cassidy and I have glasses. And then for some reason, Mike's like fangirling over Kenny Omega and, you know, DJ's trying to write something with Arn Anderson 
and like Morgan's backstage annoying MJF. And it would just be a cool, like that's my mindset is something like that. And so now that we have all these new people in our community that are helping pushing us, it, it wants me to add, I want to add them and hearing how they want to collab is like, all right, cool. You want to help us eat? We'll help you eat is how this has always been. And this is now growing. And Morgan almost made me cry the other day because she was like, I'm so proud of you. You push through so much to have this, to have your community start building. And there were moments where, you know, she was like, is it working? And I'd be like, you know what, let's just give it just a little bit more time and we can do it. And now we're starting to get the steam rolling. The wheels are moving because even when, um, like I mentioned, whatnot, I never said, oh yeah, I'm making money. I was like, no, the F-Class Heroes is going to make money so that F-Class Heroes can pay for, you know, um, like interviews and this, that, and the other and gifts and this so that we can give to you guys is how it's always been. So, you know, that I could go on for like three more hours about this and we need to wrap up soon. Um, but if you guys want to have people who are who have been down on their luck and still aren't giving up, follow the link that's under the video, the Willow link to our Discord, dude. We do not shut out anybody. We talk to everybody. Morgan waves to everybody. You will find people like you if you don't like wrestling and you like just pokemon cards be prepared we got a couple of videos coming out just like there's something for everybody in this community or we will somehow you will mesh and if you're a content creator and you need three or four guys to help push out your shit we'll do it same way you'll do it for us that that's what this is all about yeah um like you know like you said like the thing is, is we're not like a lot of these, you know, creators out there that put their their handles out there and then you tweet them and then you never hear back from them. Like any time you guys want to talk about anything, like you can easily reach us. We're we're pretty responsive to just about everything. Um, yeah, we might be at work or busy with something, but like we we want to talk to you guys like. This isn't some just plug like, oh, yeah, they'll all message them and they're just probably going to ignore me. Like, absolutely not. Like, I I enjoy the interactions we've had over the last, you know, week on the Discord. And I would like to have more interactions. Like, if any of you guys out there are gamers, I'm a gamer. I've got a PlayStation. If you got PlayStation, we can exchange we, some gamer tags. We'll we have online. Like, we have, like, five together. people that currently just want to... Please, if you're if you have 2K23 and you have a PlayStation, we have an old man, quote unquote, a wise man who really just needs to get beat up. So please, <laughs> please, please. Well, he he keeps trying to say that that title's his, and I disagree vehemently. But well, I'm I'm filming like Bolt tomorrow, so I'll know who the real title belongs to. I, I need I just gotta make that clear. Like wise man or not, like after you know when, once my character gets his uh his eyes on that belt, like sorry, wise man, but you're taking the back seat, bro. Like you can uh 
you know, watch from the sidelines. Yeah. And we've got other characters that are, you know, equally probably hungry for said belt, um, including a giant, like, seven-foot-tall, 300-pound monster guy who somehow my character inexplicably picked up for a suplex cutter, which I'm not quite sure how that happened. Dude, it's so... But... His shot in the trailer is so beautiful. I picked the right shot. I love it. Um, um, but the thing, like, guys, like, I I speak for myself and probably for Swole, too. Like, we want to do things with you guys. Like, hit me up with, with gamer tags. We'll get online and play video games together. Even if we're not playing, say, playing the same game, we've got a PlayStation, they got party chat. We can play and be playing separate games and still chat about things and have a good time and, you know, all kinds of stuff. If you got cross-platform games like Call of Duty and things like that, I play that too. We can get on headset. We can go mess around and laugh and talk. Like, uh, shoot me messages on, you know, Twitter or on the Discord or, you know, um, I'm going to be starting to go live on Twitch sometime soon. I just haven't had the ability to put everything together, but I'm going to be on there. I know and, how that you know, shit feels. It's kind of like, like we're never going to become unreachable to you guys. Like we want to be in there and hanging out and having a good time and talking about things. And, you know, we can agree, we can disagree. Like that's, that's the name of the game. And even if you've got a different opinion out there and you don't agree with this, don't be afraid to still reach out to us. Like we're not going to like hate you and and block you or kick you from the discord if you don't agree with us like no like that's the beauty of this is different opinions and bonding over those opinions but you know as we wrap this up like you know we're just two guys who you know have come from under the crap that life has thrown at us much like you guys out there you know i'm sure you've had your own mountain that you had to crawl out from under and climb to the top of you know, and we're trying to, you know, make that trek ourselves. And we want to do that with you guys, you know, and share in each other's successes and lift each other up. And, you know, um, we want you guys along for the ride and we want to be along for the ride or whatever you're going through in your life too. And, you know, I hope you guys will hit us up, um, talk with us. It's not about the views. It's not about the number of follows and likes we get on Twitter. It's not about how many subs we get on Twitch or kick. It's about having that experience with you guys. It's not about the things that we can get out of it, you know, and, and, you know, we just, you know, we want, you know, to lift up the community and to create a, a place where we can all enjoy our fandoms and enjoy like-minded people or even different-minded people and you know have a community where you know we've got our team's got our back you know we want you guys to be part of that team yes all right guys we love you uh you can catch rev at rise and revolt on twitter he's okay i'm gonna be honest he's the more mature side of twitter if you want to just see bullshit you can catch me at one of one fch because i post i i really do share a lot of the just dumbest things but it, no, it, you... the thing about my twitter is there's it's like this mess of stuff so you've got like my mature opinions about things and like real dialogues but you've also got the fact that like i support like and this whole culture that went against like women who you know sold content 
and women who went into this avenue of like movies or music or like this like i went on this bench of like following people that people were like bashing for what they were doing and giving them support so like you'll see like OnlyFans girls you'll see pro wrestling you'll see bands you'll see like anime stuff you'll see like random movie pop culture stuff over here like there's like such a weird combination of stuff on my twitter but like you know um it is what it is like you he he's very professional with his with his like tweets and everything me i just post a lot of pictures or i try to convince fuego del sol to be my friend a lot and that's gonna be like the longest running storyline dude that's my personal storyline like no matter what the narrative is for this show my personal storyline is fuego del sol just be my friend please um (laughs) we love you guys we'll catch you guys later bye